We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yep. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Value Add Podcast with Crystal and Kenny. Today, we have Carson Trujillo with us. Carson is a apartment broker or multifamily broker at Marcus and Millichap, and we've known Carson for three or four years now. He's actually sold um, us a couple of buildings, and he's sold a couple of our buildings as well. So, and he found us some buildings, too. That's what I mean. He sold us a few buildings. Oh, I thought you meant he sold our buildings. Sorry, I didn't hear that. He sold us some apartments, he and he sold us some, some of our apartments. Some. There you go. So anyways, we wanted to bring Carson in today to talk about a couple of different things. Like, what does it take to be a multifamily broker? Because it's, in my opinion, a really tough job, and you have to have really thick skin for that. And then the other thing is to just kind of like talk about the market and investing in real estate and all that good stuff. So thanks, Carson, for coming in today. Yeah, honored to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. Um, so Carson, um, I think it's kind of, I know you got some interesting stories, like how you arrived to San Diego. Um, I'm always fascinated by anybody that's kind of goes on a journey to come somewhere and has success. Cause there's something to say about that. You know, you learn a lot about yourself and I think it's, people can learn from it. Cause a lot of people, we were talking about this the other day, people move here from other States. They're like, no job, no money. They're like, I just want to be in San Diego. I just want to figure it out. And I don't think people realize just like, just that move. It's a, it's a big move. So kind of take us back, um, kind of where you're from and what's kind of the last, you know, 10 years. I know you guys went through some tough times in the recession, kind of like 10 years and from 2008 to where you've been now, kind of like a quick summary of how you got out here and had some success. Yeah, for sure. Kenny, thanks. Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in Kentucky. Kentucky. So I went to school Kentucky. Yeah. You can hear that, right? I yeah. Hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I know my accent kind of goes away that I haven't been there now, but as soon as I go back, it's like right back, redneck accent for sure. It's all so, good. Uh, both my parents, University of Kentucky alumni, went to college there. It's definitely a college town, not much opportunity when you get out of college. So I was like, I want to go to a big city. Um, so it was like New York or Chicago up north, northeast, but... I hated the cold weather, so I wanted to get the hell out of there. So I'm like, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Finish college, and there wasn't like one city that had. I didn't have a great opportunity anywhere. I wasn't, you know, I didn't graduate. Graduated with a business degree. I didn't graduate like with a to be a doctor or anything. Um, so I'm like, I'm just going to go where I want to where I want to live, and then make my own career there. Figure it out. So decided California was the place to be. I thought maybe L.A., San Diego. Uh, Did you ever come here before or now? Never been here before in my life. So, okay, no. never been here, okay. Never been to San Diego. It's like pictures, what you heard. Saw great pictures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like, I could never afford to come out all the way to California for a vacation. So, yeah. Um, convinced two of my buddies that I went to school with. It took some convincing, but I was like, dudes, let's move out to California. Let's do it. It's going to be sick. That's crazy. Sold them on, like, the grass is greener on the other side, you know, sold them on the So, you're a salesman just, like, naturally. <laughs> like, this is yeah. For sure. It was meant for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So sold them on this idea, and uh, it was like three months after I graduated. We had saved up, I think I'd saved up like 8000 bucks. sold my car, sold all the furniture I had in Craigslist, everything we owned, uh, and we had a 98 Honda Civic. Cool. Uh, and what year was this? This was in 2000, the beginning of 2014. 
Okay, okay. Wow! You said 2008. No, yeah. but we were going to talk about other stuff. <laughs> but we were going to talk about other stuff before that, yeah. So oh, 2007, for the record. 27. Yeah, so 2014, you convince your buddies, you get all your shit, put in the car, 19, what, 98 Civic, and you just drive out here. 98 Civic. We each had one suit in the car, right? Because we're like, shit, we don't have any, we're going out there, no jobs. We got to interview when we get out there. <laughs> suit, I love it. Each I had a suit, this. and we had one printer to print our resumes. And then we had like one of those little jacks to hook into the car to make it work, you know, to give electricity. To <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh! So we Did you have a laptop? Uh, I had a laptop and yeah. cell phones. Yeah, okay. laptop, cell phones, and some cash and in your like pocket. Just the basics suitcase. to like get a job. I had like eight thousand bucks. My buddies each had like four or five thousand, I think, like nothing. Um, so Cruz took our uh, country long road trip. Went to um, New Orleans, party for a couple nights. Went to Texas, party. Of course. Went to the Grand Canyon, I'm like no sleep, hiked the whole Grand Canyon, which is wow. like 21 miles. Uh, did it in one day, which is there's signs like all over the place. Do not attempt to hike down and back what? up in one day. But Carson's a madman. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm an animal. So yeah, uh, we were actually hiking up the Grand Canyon, and it was like it had gotten dark because of course you know we weren't supposed to do that. It started late. It was dark outside. It was freezing, and there was this um, this Asian couple. And you could tell they had no clue what they were doing, didn't know where the hell they were, and the guy had started cramping up. Oh no! Uh, and we were shit. still like two or three miles from the top, and it gets it was it got like eight degrees at night there when we were there. We were there in April. Uh, but it was freezing at night, warm during the day, but cold at night. The guy had cramped up, and they were screaming for help. <gasps> so thank God we were like the only other idiots that were on the trail at that time, nine thirty at freaking oh, night. My so God. went up there, um, gave the guy some water and stuff. He still couldn't walk. So we had to hike up another mile uh, to this emergency phone, called in the emergency, and they came in helicopter, lifted him out of there. Holy! So was, they're like, "What are you super, doing yeah. here? Oh my god!" It was super. And you guys gnarly. still hiked out of there? And then we hiked out of there. Yeah, Sick. you did some good deeds. Okay. Yeah. So I want to say I saved a couple of ice. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> on your way. Wow. So so yeah. So then we continued on the trip, made it out to San Diego, went to L.A. first. We're like, "Yeah, this is okay." Came down to San Diego, and we are like, this is the place to be. Like, the lifestyle here is incredible. You know, you kind of feel like you're at home, um, just like the people here. So it was great. So then it was like, okay, well, we got to find a place to live. So we stayed in the car in the Walmart parking lot. I think it was in Chula Vista, too. Oh, my gosh. Because we didn't know where the hell we were. Picked a great spot. Yeah. Three dudes in a Civic. <laughs> Three dudes. We were taking, we went in Walmart, like, brushed our teeth in there, and then we got, like, some sleeping pills in there to help us, like, fall asleep. Oh, my gosh. Um, just trying to get some rest, and then like during the day we would go house hunt. So we were driving around, uh, saw a place in Ocean Beach, went to PB, like didn't know anything about the area, and landed there. Um, it was tough to find a place to rent because nobody wanted to rent to us. It's funny everybody lands in PB. How is that? Yeah, Why how is everybody land like in every PB? Every person like fresh out of college because it's college. the beach, and they saw a bunch yeah. of young girls. Yeah. Are like, this is it. <laughs> we were driving down Garnett one night, and we were just cruising around. We were still living in the car. Um, and we saw like a line of like a hundred people outside. You're like, this is what's moon, is Moonshine Beach now, but it used to be uh, Typhoon Saloon. Okay, it's like yeah. Club and PB. Uh huh. Remember? So I think that night we slept in like La Jolla because we found that like it was a nicer area to sleep, park on the side of the road and sleep in the car. Um, but anyways, finally found a place to live, moved in, two bedroom apartment. There was three of us. Uh, we were about a mile from the beach, uh, and we just slept on the floor, and then got air mattresses, and eventually got um, mattresses, and we we're like, okay, we got to find some jobs. So we all worked, um, whatever we could do to make money. I started off with a, a recruiting company. Okay. Because um, I actually had interviewed with them before I came out here but didn't have the job. 
to like secure the job when I get out there out here. Um, worked there for like two and a half weeks, and I was like, "Fuck this! This is not for me." Like, I don't want to do this stuff. I just, I don't know. I think I just wasn't really ready to work yet. I just yeah. Didn't, like party in San Diego. Yeah. Um, so got out of there, and then I was like, "Man, I really need to do some soul searching, like figure out what the hell I want to do." Um, so I spent like a couple months figuring out, and I eventually said, "Okay, I know I want to do sales. I studied marketing in college, so that makes sense." And then my dad uh, is a real estate developer, develops apartments. Uh, so right. that made sense. Right. right. I looked at the values in San Diego, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like it's, you're like commissions. Okay, yeah, okay, this makes sense. Are, yeah. Yeah. This times yeah. three equals this. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. six percent, yeah, know, of a million bucks is a, is a ton of money. And I was like, wow, and the values are so high out here. So it, I was like, I can make a ton of money doing this. Yeah. So I had no clue what type of real estate I wanted to go into: commercial, residential, whatever it was, leasing. I had no clue, but I just knew wanted, I know wanted to do sales. So um, started working on my real estate license. Uh, got a job at the Catamaran Resort, which is a badass resort. Yeah, right yeah, on the beach cool right spot. There. Good spot. Okay. So. I went in there and I was like, hey, I just want a serving job just to make money, like make ends meet while I'm working on my real estate license and stuff. And they're like, well, you have a college degree in uh, marketing and management. Like, we need a manager. So let's hire you as a manager. And I was like, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I don't whatever. have enough money to buy food. Let's do it. Yeah. job. And I was also at the time before I got that job, because it even took me a while to find that job. It took me like a month. So I was during that time. Mm. Um, I was just selling stuff on Craigslist, whatever I could do to make money to eat. And were you that's like Gary Vee. That's like, hey, go find some stuff and put it on Craigslist. But and, you were like, yeah. we were talking about that. Like when you moved out here, you're like, were you like? Because I mean, look, let's be honest. You're coming from Kentucky. California is an intimidating place. It's just intimidating to move out here. Like anybody can ask. And then to try to find an apartment here when you live here is intimidating. But when you're coming out here, then a job. Like were you just like this is like, any time you're like the fuck was I thinking this is a bad idea or we always like just keep pushing through and make it happen or yeah we, well, I mean the spirit of our the three guys the two guys I moved out here with the three of us like the spirit would like go down at times you know but we were young and we were stupid and not, it was kind of like my responsibility to keep the group riled up you keep like, selling everybody on this was my the whole time the whole time like yeah this went on for, for months you yeah know? and I was like guys like we can make it I swear we can do it you know like, look at this. We That's live awesome. right by the beach. Like, yeah. look at all these hot chicks. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. We got to stay here. Um, so, yeah, we just hustled. Just so what I was saying during that time when I didn't have a job, I think it was like a couple months before I got that job at the resort, I was just selling stuff on Craigslist. There's actually a free spot on Craigslist if you ever want to get rid of stuff. And you can go on there and people just give stuff away for free. He's doing the Gary Vee flip. Yeah. Yeah. So I would go pick stuff up for free. I had like an SUV. That's literally so the Gary Vee. So I like mattresses on top or whatever. That was actually kind of my specialty with mattresses. <laughs> people gave those away for free because they're like, who the hell's going to want to buy a used mattress? People and do, they, right? Yeah, especially in PV. Yeah. Like they're moving in, moving out and stuff. So I would go pick those up for free. I'd take them. I had a garage. Gary Vee would love this guy right now. Yeah. I know, right? Do you know who Gary Vee is? Yeah. So yeah, Gary Vee talks about people like, I can't make money. So Gary Vee says, Go to Craigslist, find the free shit, take it and flip it, or oh. go to a garage sale, buy it for ten dollars and put it on Craigslist. And he's like, so he would, he literally, I don't know if you know, he goes to garage sales and, and he, he buys stuff and shows people, I just made a thousand dollars in the today, and you're complaining you can't make extra money. So, anyways, yeah. back to your story, but yep. he tells this to people, it works. Like, yeah, trust me. I mean, I wasn't like flowing in the cash. No, <laughs> but hey, <laughs> it's paying enough to, to live. live. Yeah. yeah, and buy yeah. like ramen noodles to get by yeah. while you're working yeah. on your next thing. So yeah, I yeah. get the mattresses, I'd like clean them up in my garage, and then I'd sell them and I'd deliver them for like a hundred bucks a piece. So 
so it like wasn't bad. I was doing like a few a week. Sweat equity, know? yep. Um, I think I sold a couple pianos because those were like free items too because nobody wanted to move They're them. so heavy. Like Holy nobody wants to move them. Shit. Yeah, just the baby ones. What was the best? What, <laughs> what was the best <laughs> item you sold? What was the best return? Was the best item you sold? The piano for sure. I what? think it was like I sold it for like three fifty. Wow. And I paid my buddy like twenty bucks to come with me to help me take it. <laughs> oh my so god. Took it to my garage, like shine it up with some furniture polish, and then like put it back out there. That is so awesome. So, so that was the hustle. Till I got um, the resort job. So then I was working at the resort. Where can I get my real estate license? You're a manager there. I was a manager there. That's crazy. So, but I I took that job as an opportunity. I was like, okay, this is a super nice resort on the beach. There's a ton of rich people that come in here. Like I got to just network with everybody I can. You know, ask them, see what they can do for me, talk to them, um, see what they do, and people are. This is, he is so sales, right? Like, dude, he doesn't give a fuck. He just, like, you know, it's good though. That's why, you know, this is what the, when people are in sales, this is how they have to be. Like, if they're just like this, they're going to win. If you're hesitant, you know, in sales, you're, you're going to lose, right? Like, you just came out of here, like, fuck it, I'm going to ask people. I got to, it's like, it's better off he's in the position he was. If he came out here with a bunch of money entitled, it would be a lot harder. You'd be like, I'm not as motivated to go out. You know, the fact that you got like had no money and had to do that. That's why you're like, did the hustle, right? Like think about it, you came out here with a hundred grand. It'd take you a lot longer to get to that point. Yeah, than it did. Like, sure. you know, yeah. Kenny, like, I mean, my, my fucking back was against the wall, man. It was, yeah. you know, yeah. fight for your own survival. See, but that's what it takes, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. So I was just talking, trying to network, you know, even though I hated that job, you know, I was just trying to network with every single person I could to try to meet somebody that would, that could do something for me and get me somewhere. So finally met, I was finishing up getting my license. I was interviewing at a couple like residential firms and I finally met this guy who used to work where I work now, Mark Samilichap, so commercial real estate brokerage. Uh, he used to work there. His name was Tony Franco. Oh, yeah, Tony. Um, I know Tony. I actually met Because he has his him. office in PB, right? Yeah, yeah his office. Yeah. Above the bike shop. I actually met his wife first. Okay. She was super cute, so I started talking to her. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I heard like, oh, his, her uh, husband's like this really successful commercial real estate guy. And I was like, oh, man, I got to meet this guy. So I already knew what he did when I met him for the first time. Um, and his wife was like, hey, Tony, this is Carson. Like, he's a manager here or whatever. Um, and I was like, hey, Tony, what do you do? He's like, oh, I work in commercial real estate. I was like, oh, man, I'm trying to get into real estate. Like, no way. So it just kind of, like, worked it from there. And then he introduced me to some guys at Mark's Millichap. Um, went in, actually went in there and interviewed with the sales manager. Uh, he asked me, he's like, hey, can you make it a year without a paycheck? And I was like, well, no, I can't make it a year without a paycheck. I, you know, I have to survive. I don't have a big savings account. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to work and wait tables on the weekend and work here during the week. Um, and then it just never got a call back. So left, wow. kept calling him. What? Didn't answer any of my phone calls. Like nothing. Even I, wow, even, I didn't like, even know that. I knew wow. some people there. Like I had like some connections there or whatever. And the guy that I met. Um, so I kept calling him, nothing. And then I finally reached out to a broker there. Um, individually and told him, you know, hey, my buddy's Tony, uh, he gave me your number to call you. And he's like, hey, come in, we'll, we'll talk. So I go back into the office and the sales manager sees me sitting in the lobby, the same guy that I interviewed he's like, with, never called me back. And I was like, hey, Colby, what's up? And he goes, Carson, he's like, what the hell are you doing here? He was like so shocked to he's see He's like, me. I didn't call you back for a reason. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Uh, yep, exactly. Perseverance. He did not want me. He was like, no way you're going to be able to have the focus to stay in this business and then also work another job. Now you're gonna be working like 80, 70, 80 hours a week. You're like, I like got to, man. Yeah, and I no him, choice. I was like, I'm gonna do it, you know. So he didn't. He didn't have any faith in me. But oh um, so I met with the other broker uh, in that office, and he's like, "Yeah, we'll hire you. Let's do it." 
I don't care. You know, I don't care what you have to do on the weekends. It's fine. Just get in there. We'll, not my business. Just get in here. Yeah, and... we'll get you started. Work hard. You know, yeah. we're not paying you shit anyways. So yeah, exactly. What does it matter? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, it's a it's a commission only job. Yeah. Of course, you know. So, yep. Uh, so yeah, I started in there, and it was just a serious grind. I was working Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights uh, at the restaurant, and then every other minute I wasn't at the restaurant, I was over at the real estate office, making cold calls, building my database. Uh, everything you gotta do when you get started. And I had to pay a thousand dollar training fee to get started what? at that company, at that real estate brokerage, which is like a key, you know, that was a ton of That's money like, yeah. to me for someone who has nothing. So that was super tough. Um, but yeah, when you start there, uh, Marks and Millich app is like one of the best companies to start at because they love investing their, their um, time in young people. Yeah. Because they want to grow them and teach them their way, their model. They have a really good, like, program, though, too, to, like, And a lot of the brokers that went out on their own, they they started there, right? They know that. I feel like some of the most successful brokers came They do contribute to, like, it was Marcus that got them. I mean, even though they – it's like they drive you to call, but they realize that's how you – because they know that's how you win, right? I mean – Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, one more thing I want to touch on before we continue on that. Um, so when I was deciding, hey, what do I want to do? Do I want to get into real estate in the first place? Is it going to be residential, commercial, whatever? What the hell do I want to do with my life? Uh, I always said I would never get into real estate. <laughs> because my dad was yeah. a real estate developer, developed apartments. That's right. I never wanted to do what my dad did. Because um, of the recession, right? Well, yeah, so during the recession, um, I guess we moved to – my dad started his own company. We moved back to Kentucky in 2005. He started his own condo development. Right company. as the market's booming. 2005. Yeah. So it's like kicking ass. He's like, hey, I can start my own condo company. We're going to build a ton of condos downtown, Lexington, Kentucky, which is already like a small town, you know, college yeah. town. Um, so, first project they built, 100 units, badass, made a bunch of money. Second project they built, um, I think it was completed in like 2009. They finished 2008, 2009. It was like 200 units. Yeah. Class A, nice condo product. Uh, a rental or for sale? For sale. Oh. Yeah, these are condos, yeah, condos. for sale. Uh, not apartments. All these off Should have been apartments. Yeah. It the, yeah, it was in the condo, condo boom. So they built these really nice, like class A, nice shit. They had to sell less condos and make them. It money. didn't pencil as yeah. apartments. So yeah. then the market turns, right? 2009, 2008, oh. 2009 market turns and they couldn't sell a single one of that second project not a single one wow not one out of 200 yeah that is insane in you so then they were like oh shit what the hell are we gonna do we have this company we have 200 condos we just built like we have to rent them out we gotta do something you know we can't sell them Uh, yeah so they started renting them out and they were not a property management business they didn't know what you guys know Kenny and Crystal over here, they weren't experts at property management and building wow. management business in the past, so they didn't know what they were doing. Uh, and on top of that, the rents that they were getting we're not covering the couldn't debt. cover it. Yeah, because the they, the they had to sell them off as condos. So wow. um, that happened, couldn't cover the, the debt payments, all that stuff. Uh, my dad's partner, one of them was an attorney, um, and another guy who was like a real estate guy had a bunch of money. They all lost their ass, lost everything. How long did that go on for, like drag out until it really just collapse dragged out till i don't know like two or three years it wasn't it wasn't i mean it wasn't that long you know they tried to make it work but that's long when you're every day in that grind it, it was it's consuming it, your yeah. life like yeah yeah he, he probably just knows like this is not the plane yeah is i mean they're losing didn't... like yeah they're probably losing like ten thousand bucks a day or whatever it was yeah so just they were losing a ton of money um so my dad's company filed bankruptcy lost everything he had 
uh, you know, he was freaking out, had to cash out his retirement to pay, you know, I have two younger siblings too. So I was in college at the time, which was a good time to be in college. But I had a little brother that was like 14, a little sister that was like nine. So he's wow. got to pay, pay for them. And they're living um, through this like chaos. Living yep. through this chaos, running out of money, didn't know what the hell to do. Uh, I remember at the time, my dad and I were doing all these crazy jobs, anything to make a buck, and I was just helping them out, you know. Wow. Uh, I waited tables at the time, but we were, like, also building stuff. My dad's a developer, so he knows how to, like, do contracting, too. We were building patios. Um, the house that we lived in, this is a crazy story. It's kind of nasty. Um, <laughs> the house we lived in, it was a really old, it was, like, a 100-year-old house, and it had copper sewage pipes in it. Okay. Ooh. And you can sell copper for a lot of money. Yeah. Right? It's, like, worthwhile. You can go scrap it. So my dad and I crawled under the house. He, it was just like one of his great ideas. He said he invented the power of the strill, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is like one of his great plans, mastermind ideas. We went under the house and cut out all the copper sewage pipes. And like my shit was like, shit and piss was like in the pipe. And we we're like cutting these things out. To sell. To sell them. And repl- we replaced it with PVC piping because it was cheap, you know? Holy So wow. we're like, like, that's how tough things got. You know, we had we had nothing. You know, That's so insane. just trying to survive and take care of my uh, younger siblings. How's your dad doing now? He's doing great. He's kicking ass now. Is uh, he back to building or? He's back to building. Yeah. How long it take him to feet. recover and get back on his feet? You think and really getting like to get it to back to what he wanted to do? Man, I mean, I think he probably recovered. I don't know, just like four, five years ago, four years ago. So he like was he ago. was he was in limbo for like five years, like four, yeah, two thousand fourteen, fifteen. He started doing like good again, you know. So that um, do you think that uh, I always because you know I think a lot of people just with real estate and because your guys' generation like you're below us, like you guys are younger, but and then your brother and sister is like you guys grew up where it was like booming, and then all of a sudden it just went, mm-hmm. and you saw your you went through that like. It's almost you went through a depression in your household. That's what yeah, you went through. It sure. wasn't a recession. It was like if you're cutting a copper pipe to sell, you're just in a depression. Some people went through a recession. Some people went through a depression. Some people, their parents made a bunch of money during the down because yeah. they're you know I mean right. So yeah, is your does your sister and brother like do they understand like are they what jaded a little bit like yeah. are they kind of just didn't even phase by or are they were they jaded are they jaded by they're, life? They're definitely somewhat jaded. I mean they were super young so they try to like kind of hide my dad tried to kind of hide that stuff from them but they knew what was going on you know like times were tough so but i i wouldn't give that up for the world i think that taught me a ton of really powerful lessons that i carry with me today you know what do you think it taught you um hard work i mean i did some of the most like whatever it takes whatever yeah whatever it takes you're cutting shit your own you're covering your own shit because you're cutting pipes out of below your house right i mean whatever it takes um and then my dad had to move around all over the country just to find work when the market finally did start picking up he was in orlando dc they're still in kentucky Uh, now or now they're in phoenix that's right now they're in phoenix and phoenix is kicking ass they're building uh high rises and stuff so they're killing it now things are good are they doing building apartment buildings or lease are they building like condos to sell no he's doing apartments to lease yes that was his only condo gig was that one in the condo boom oh he was always an apartment developer and it would but then he would sell them or have somebody else manage them yeah, he would. Well, he worked for. He always worked for big corporate. So he companies. worked for a company. So yeah, is he, he by himself though? And but when when he went on his own, he built the condos, right? Right. So yeah. is he working for himself or a big company now? Now he works for a big company. Okay, so they yeah. just build like yeah, class I mean, A. That, yeah, I mean that that one experience fucked him up. 
you know? Yeah, he's, he's like, like no he's, he's like, yeah, no thanks. I'm going to go work for the big guy. And, and just get my – get a nice yeah. paycheck and I'm not going to do that volatile. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So back to what I was getting at, that's – I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons. I was like, I'm never going to get into real estate. Look what happened to my family. Um, and then, of course, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And here I am doing real estate sales now. Yeah. So. I mean, but honestly, it's like the thing is always, always like think about people is like what you can do from people in your past, your parents, is you can learn from them. Just because they did something and failed, you can say, okay, but they failed because of like your dad deviated. If he would have just went out and said, okay, I'm going to build apartment buildings and I'm going to have somebody manage them, he would have probably. Maybe it would have been different. Well, well probably because of, of the ratio of the loan and all that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he definitely took a big risk. I mean, when he was when he started his own company, he was probably like in his, yeah, he was just like about 40 years old, you know? So that's like, a, I don't know, I feel like that might be a little late to like take those big risks. So maybe that's something I learned. Hey, take big risks when I'm young because I never want that to happen to my kids. I mean, yeah, I don't for want sure. my kids to have to go through that stuff that I went through, you know? Well, I mean, you even see that like with people buying apartments now. I mean, if somebody's buying a building like they're our age, we might be like, hey, give me the junker, we'll fix it up, we have the energy. And if somebody's like, 70 years old they're like look i'm gonna exchange into something that we did because we don't have the energy for that anymore we're not interested in dealing with that we just want to buy something that's done here's the money give us the five percent whatever yeah. and let me just go live my life you know because it is right like you're not when, but that person when they were young they're doing what we were doing or something right because the energy time and money and all that yeah for sure i mean you're taking on a risk you know you guys are you would take on more risk than someone maybe older retired yeah, you know, or they're just they don't busy. ever want to work yeah. again or whatever it is, you know. And development's like a whole different animal. Like I think too, like being able to project what the market's going to be like three, four years out, five years out is like just completely different than you're a builder. Like you're building things, but like all that foresight that you really have to have is scary. Like I even think about that in today's market. I would never develop anything because that for me is like the biggest risk. Is like. Sure, it's great today, but what about three, four, five years from now when you're trying to sell, or even yeah. two years? You know, yeah, it's just, for sure, it's Absolutely. hard to kind of. It's just there's so many unknowns. Yeah. You know, I mean, buying existing and remodeling, it's just it's work for us. So yeah. tell us a little bit though about like getting started in brokerage because I do think like it's such a grind, and like you said, you don't get paid until a deal closes. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people I'm sure you worked with, and it took a lot of time. Like how quickly did you make your first commission and like how many hours a week were you working and how many calls on average you make did you make a day like that kind of thing and then people like in your business they come in and they just go right you see people come in they're like i can't hack it's a revolving you. door i mean i've been at my company now for four years and probably a hundred people have came and gone yeah i mean there was like three last week that quit or got fired they just yeah. can't they're just they're yeah. just not do you think it's just because they're not serious or yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's, tough, it's really committed business. So I mean, when, yeah. yeah, like back to what Crystal was saying when I started, um, you come in there, you're paying to come to work every day, right? Because you're commission only, so you're yeah. paying for your gas to get to work. We had to pay for our parking, we had to pay for our training in the business. You know, <laughs> like, so it's like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, I'm paying <laughs> exactly. to come to work. This doesn't yeah. make any yeah. sense. I've never done this before. You yeah, know? but I knew I just had that vision that I knew that if I stuck it out, it would be worth it. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, when I started, I was working the two jobs, like we talked about. So I was working like 70, 80 hours a week. Like every single moment I was working. My girlfriend lived in L.A. at the time, and I'd go like a month without seeing her because I was so busy. Never had a break to do anything. And I yep. was like, 
I was uh, sleeping like Kenny sleeps now, like three yeah. hour nap. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're prepared for when you yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Not even like going to bed. It was just like a nap. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. It. Oh, so it's sure. Just constant yeah. grind. Um, and then when you start off, the way that I started is just making cold calls. I built a database of uh, the areas that I wanted to work. So I took like two zip codes, uh, got every single property that was five. I work multifamily apartments, so every single uh, property that was like five to 50 units within those two zip codes, uh, found the owners and just cold calls every single day, all day, every day. Just building relationships, yeah. relationships, relationships. So making like 50 to 100 calls a day, just pounding the phone. Um, Dealing with rejection, hung, hung up. Yeah, just constant rejection, getting hung up on like five times a day. Fuck you, never call me again. Take me off your list. Would you take them um, off your list? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, we, have, we have a joke that when someone says that, uh, when someone's you know being a big asshole, we say, "Hey, you want me to put you on the list?" And they're yeah. like, "What list? Yeah. Like, the list of people that don't want to make money." <laughs> <laughs> and they, yeah, that's awesome. So that's our that's our little saying sometimes. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's just a, it's just a constant hustle every single day. I mean, when I started, um, I wasn't making any money. Every day, I was telling myself, "Like, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit." You know, it was a con- it was how long did it take? How long did it take? Like, to when get did you get your so first commission? Most people make their first commission. I would say maybe like an average, like a little under a year. I made my first commission uh, in five months of being there. Nice. That's still so, a long time. Yeah, made my first commission twelve thousand six hundred bucks. Uh, went straight to the resort and put in my two weeks notice. I was like, I'm out. Twelve thousand bucks is gonna can float me for like six months. You know, the way I'm living off ramen noodles, like. I got to focus all my energy on the real Smart. estate business. And so, when did your next commission come after that? Was it pretty pretty soon? Or? No, no, it okay. wasn't. Yeah, you're like, oh shit, did yeah, I do this? Yeah, they pulled the plug too early. So um, yeah, quit that, and then my next commission didn't come for another six months. I was like floating on fumes to my next commission. Whoa. So it really was, yeah. I mean, it really was. And then like, you started snow, started rolling. Right. Yeah. So my next, so six months first commission, another six months to my second paycheck, and then it was like three, four, five, six in the next. Like month, you know, it just like it was like a light switch turned on. And I mean, right. you got you met us by calling. Yeah, yeah, I met you guys cold call. I mean, just it's just it's just it's like you know, it's funny. We get called all the time, and I used to be like, in, like, whatever. A while ago, I'd get annoyed with it, and then I remember I don't know somebody was like some big apartment owner. I don't know who it was was like we were talking. He's like, why do you get annoyed? I'm like, I just they're just he goes, just become friends with them because they're going to give you deals. And I never thought of that. I'm like, okay. He's like, just talk to him for five minutes. Because a I'm lot always of, like nice to No, no, because he goes, a lot of people are assholes to him and they're not going to want to work with you. Then I started going, okay. Then every people call me, okay, cool. This And I'm like, I just take the 10 minutes. I go, look, this is what I'm doing. Da, 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 da. And like, send me stuff. But I'm like, I don't want to be a jerk to you or anybody else because if I was calling somebody and you're an asshole to me. And also, so too, like, like, if you're yeah. going to be in the business for a long time and you want to be an apartment owner, you do want to know the people who are in your community. And they have a lot, you, you have so much valuable information, I'm sure, because you, like you said, you probably know every single owner in your area. You've talked he to does. them, you know them by name. If I said a name, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy who owns that, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. you kind of know that. Just walked into your office for yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. We came here with a client in here. You no, know it. so I think that's the thing is, is like, you know, if anybody watches, this you should be nice to people because like you said is you just never know if you're calling and it could be a time for them bring a deal to them or something you just don't know and then you're more likely to also i think being in sales too i realize like you just don't have to be rude to people like i feel bad 
yeah, mean, it it took sure. a lot of courage for that person to pick up the phone and call you. And like, I don't want to be a jerk to them. Crystal's, I, I Crystal's easy. Feels... Crystal's the type. Yeah. Yeah. I remember some kids would be at the door next thing I know. I'm like, dude, why'd you buy like all these M and M's? I felt bad. I'm like, just give the guy the ten bucks. Okay, I don't know, I was well, crap in the house. Like, okay, well, what about the time when piece. when Kenny rejected the kid? He was outside crying. And I was like, see? No, I ran down the street and I gave him twenty dollars. He did. But he I was just fine. said, Hey bro, we don't want these cookies. Here's twenty bucks. Yeah. He's did like, still make you do that or No, I did it. I did it. I did it. I was like, like he's like, You still so, so I know I don't want the cookies, dude. Just take the twenty bucks. Like and I was like he was crying, like, oh, we're good. I was like, Oh my gosh, is this guy serious right now? It's crazy. But so no, but he was he wasn't lying about the story and he walked down the street like crying and bawling. I was like, he wasn't lying. Like he literally was like, I'm like, here, bro, here's twenty bucks. So so now back to the thing. Like, what would you say like the best piece of advice to say? Okay, so you have those people, those hundred people, that revolving door that you've seen, M and M of people, like what would you say to them to kind of help encourage them or to somebody who's like looking to get started in the business? What would be your best piece of advice? Don't give up. Because it's it's tough. It's super tough. I yeah. think they say like five. Per, the statistic is five percent of the people that make it. Yep. And it doesn't take like a rock and scientist to be to make it in our business, right? It's just hard work. But yeah. if you had a year dedication, if you had a, if you had a year and didn't have and had the money saved and you worked your ass off, you and you just knew that you would probably make it, right? Like for somebody. Yeah. If if you put the work in though. Yeah. But I think the best people in our business that have the best have success a second job are the ones that have their back against the wall, right? Yeah. Because they have no other option. You know, they have no other option. If mommy and daddy are floating them, it's not very motivating. They're comfortable, right? They're sitting that comfortable. They're not, yeah, they're not that motivated. They're going home at five o'clock. I'm working until midnight, one in the morning, going home for like my nap, you know? And then coming back. (laughs) That's it. I mean, I got got super friendly with like the janitors in our office because they would always come around like 12 o'clock, one in the morning and clean clean the office and I was the only one there hanging out still working. You would be the only one. Yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. Hustle. All that. So, you know, Mark, the thing about Marcus and Millichap, I mean, you guys have a huge presence, obviously, but um, where are you guys seeing the market at right now? Um, I know your primary focus is apartment buildings, if not all of it, but what is your, you guys have all the data, all the information. You guys yeah. are massive. What's, what's the next, whatever, 12 months, 24 months? What are you guys kind of seeing out there? Yeah, so our company puts out a ton of research because we're all over the country. We have 84 offices and something like 1,600 agents Jeez. nationwide. So we like really have our pulse on the market. Um, so what we're seeing is that the market hasn't been overbuilt, and then banks aren't over-leveraging like they did back in the day in the last recession. I'd say right? sure. So we think there's a good level of supply and demand in the market. So we're seeing a healthy 2019 for commercial real estate. Uh, is that specifically apartments, or do you think like no. even all property types, like property office, industrial? Types. Yeah, okay. Rates are rates are still relatively really good. They just yep. corrected back a little bit. Unemployment's extremely low, so not just apartments where people need places to live, but you know unemployment's low, so office buildings because people have to have somewhere to work, right? Yep. So across the board, we're very positive for for 2019 um, in commercial real estate, and then back to apartments, um, people want to rent now; they don't want to buy. It's more it's, affordable to rent here than it more, is to buy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's more affordable, and it's a lifestyle now. People want to chase their dreams. They want to move all over the country and be able to move here and there. So like you did. That's not the American yeah. dream anymore to own a house. They're not yeah. ready to settle down. And even someone yeah. for myself, I mean, I'm 27, and I don't really want to buy a house. I want to buy an investment property. Yep. You know? uh, I'd rather rent and, so then, smart. and then make money off an investment. Yep. Do, you, do you feel like, um, I mean, I'm 39, what, you're 27? 
So you're definitely in the middle. But do you feel like a lot of, you know, when you have conversations with people your age, your friends, you're around people, is that just like, like, because when we were, you know, if you were to go back to two, like in 2004 or whatever, three, we were your age and everybody's like, fucking buy a home. You know, you, you got to buy. Like, it wasn't investment. It's like, you're, oh, you, don't, now, you don't know a home? You're, you're, you haven't made it. And even now, a lot of our friends, that's like the thing. Like, you got to own a home. So no, but I you, feel know, like you know what I'm saying? Is, is like, you, it was cool to own a home. Like, it just didn't matter. Like, come over to my house. Well, it was a status. It was like, I kind of made it. Like, I bought a you house guys and just now, like, you know. Like, nobody really gives a shit about that. You're, I'm, I just feel like nobody, it, that's like, just Like, is that gone. important to your friends to buy? Or no, what's the kind of? No, it's not. They all just want to invest and, and make money that way. They don't care to buy. Well, you've already sold them on all of it, right? Like, you're selling your friends on everything. But just people in general, like, you're not, it's like, it's just just not like, that's not their thing anymore. They saw so many people get screwed. I mean, I think. Sure. My only friends that are, like, living that American dream of buying a home are the ones that still live in Kentucky. So, like, the ones that are back there. Totally. Because you can buy a home for super cheap out there, too. And that's, like, they're just going to settle down. And and life's a little slower, right? It's super slow. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I can never go back. I always like I not that there's anything wrong with the way they live but I grew up in Oklahoma so it's kind of the same thing like when I was your age even I had friends that had like two and three kids and like were married and and everything and they would be like Crystal like you're living this crazy life like they must think your friends from high school and things must think like you're the wild guy or the crazy guy because they're married and probably have like actually we're we're living the normal life yeah. Right. We really are. It's such they a just, yeah. They just don't know. They don't even they don't you don't know what you don't know. Yep. Right. So they just don't even they don't know how great it is over here and there's other things out there in the world and Or it just seems so travel. so like out of reach, right? right. It just or seems so fast, crazy. Fast paced, you gotta do this, it's overwhelming, yeah. but honestly it's like to me going to that slow place is overwhelming to me. Like sure. when I go there, it's like even though it's slow, I'm like it's over overwhelming, you know? Um, do you guys – are you guys talking about obviously like a lot of the talk is like a recession coming up? Are you guys – is there any talk in your company about like if the recession comes, where they see anything with commercial or is that – are you guys addressing that? Yeah, they that? don't talk – they don't say that word in our, in our office. That's a bad word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no, I wonder because I mean I leave in a lot of the smart people. They're not really – recessions. not like, oh, this is going to happen. So I was wondering if you guys were kind of – Yeah, I mean our, our mindset is just – we're going to keep grinding no matter what happens. We're going to keep working hard. Well, there's always opportunity, right? And you right. guys work with no the real estate investors that have some people have a lot of money, some you don't. So you know that there's like, okay, well, if things go down, there's all these people that are buyers because they have money, you know? Yeah, there's always going to be transactions happening. Yeah. And so. we even saw it, I mean, even in 2008 and 2009 and 2010, like we said, a lot of people, that the people who had money just made a lot more money, you know? And the people who uh, didn't have money sure. just didn't make any money but like they didn't have anything but if you have cash even in those times there's a ton of opportunity so i and i think like you said there's opportunity in any market it's just doing your research and knowing where to hit and i always tell my clients like knowing you know like what's your model and you've got to kind of stick to it and you know know your area and know the location and all that good stuff too so what do you think is like the best investment and why like apartments or you know, office, industrial, retail. I mean, you're an apartment broker, so I'm assuming that you think apartments are the best investment, but do you have like a whole philosophy and theory on why that? Well, I mean, this is what we hear all the time and I believe it. People are always going to need somewhere to live. Yeah. Right. So you're For sure. always, there's always going to be demand. In That's what I say. Yeah. Especially in great areas like San Diego. Yep. There's always people moving here. Yeah. A lot of people, older people are fed up and they're getting, getting out of the state because tax laws and the government, whatever, but there's always people moving here. There's always a huge influx of people into San Diego, so it's always going to be a great market for multifamily um, versus maybe like retail or Amazon's taking over the world. 
right? So I'd right. be a little more skeptical skeptical about buying like a Walmart or uh, something like that, any kind of retail store. I think dollar stores are pretty safe because that's yeah. a different. Yeah, 7-Eleven, things like that. Yep. Get that on Amazon, right? It's kind of Amazon proof, but definitely like fast food, uh, triple net investments, stuff like that. Those are more Amazon proof uh, than any kind of retail at, where it's like a shop storefront. Yeah, and I always say with office too, like that's I think that's the first thing that a business does. Like a lot of small businesses, they just go work out of their home when the economy starts to contract a bit. So I've right. always thought office was a little bit nerve wracking personally. You know, I, I think I probably wouldn't, you know, go there. But because, like you said, we can go well, work at home take, if we San, need to. San Diego to. and the recession office did not do well. It got yeah. clobbered yeah, and just and took about, a long time to recover too. Yeah, think yeah. about like WeWork and those companies that have shared office space, so they're eliminating more office. Yep. to save people money. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think multifamily is is always going to be. You can't go wrong there. It's always going to be a strong uh, investment. Are you guys um, kind of wrapping up? Are you guys? I mean, it's such a big subject, but are you guys hearing and is there a lot of chatter about the Opportunity Zone here and like San Diego? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been doing my research on that and that went into effect at the beginning of last year, 2018. Yep. Uh, but it's taken almost a whole year for people to figure out exactly how it works and how they can take advantage of it. So absolutely, they uh, the government's identified tons of zones in distressed areas all over the country that you can invest in and you have... Um, some pretty good tax advantages to take capital uh, capital gains, and it could be out of stocks or out of assets, real estate, and you can reinvest that uh, and defer your capital gains tax till 2027. Wow. Now, you still have to pay it in 2027, but if you do it this year, you get a 15% break. If you do it over the next two years, you get a 10% break off that capital gains. But then whatever property you're buying, if you hold that for 10 years, you still pay that gains off the what you exchange or what you um, traded over you still have to pay that but then whatever gains on top of that you have uh, over the next 10 years there's no capital gains on that so if you invest just to break it down i buy i sell a building i've got a million dollar gain so instead of paying x right now right whatever it is what is it 30 percent 25 percent is that what gain 35 percent yeah but then you have state too right i think so let's just say you pay 50 percent for 500 grand is gone Mm -hmm. You basically can kick the can down the road, so like an exchange, and then let's say I buy this building and I add value in, all of a sudden I, I made $2 million, so I'm carrying $3 million forward. You're saying is you're only going to pay a half a million on a $3 million gain in 10 years. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But somebody can sell – I've got Apple stock right now, a million dollars. I think the market's going to correct in stocks, which we probably all do, and you're like, I need to get the hell out of here now. I made my money. I can sell that gain and put it into an apartment building and kick that down the road too. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Time to sell Apple and Amazon stock and put it into real estate. <laughs> That's what Carson says. <laughs> real estate, get rid of that stuff. And you can take out the, your original investment. You can take that back and you're not, and you're deferring your taxes too. So you can take that back, get some money, and then you're only investing the gains on that, whatever that stock or that real estate. So that's my pitch for the next week is uh, sell your stock and, and let's buy some real estate. There you go. Cool. That's a pretty good trade. Um, so what's 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 for 2019? What's going to be your focus this year? Anything new or just with work or anything going on in the market that you guys are focusing on? or just a... Yeah, so for me, Kenny, just building my team up. Yep. So I'm hiring uh, a couple new people this year, uh, full-time junior agents that will be calling for me. You know, I already have one. I'm going to hire another probably two this year and then a full-time assistant. 
Yeah. Um, so we'll start growing the team, and then you know I can just expand my reach into all the markets of San Diego. Um, so really a focus on growing the team and then marketing. I know we've talked about that a little bit. Um, as generations are, tr- are, are changing and ownership's changing, there's a lot of um, you know people in their 70s, 80s, 90s right now that are a huge transfer of wealth passing down their apartment buildings. Um, and it's a lot of younger ownership now. So we want to get out and take advantage of technology that they're all seeing and the marketing that we can do through that. So just like this and yeah. whatever else, all the stuff you guys are doing is, is awesome. So Yeah, it's um, entertain, educate, and close. And I think that's what it is, is what the younger generation is. You got to get them excited about entertaining them about you know, investing. And then you got to educate them on what the hell it is, right? And then you got to close them. That's kind of what it is. So for Crystal and I, you know, we're focused on, but that's what it's right. I don't think people really, that's why when we tell people this is important is everybody's like, ah, but my clients aren't like that. I'm like, yeah, but it's not about your clients. It's about your client's kids or the grandson or even their son that's going to come into the business and say, oh, dad, I'm running the portfolio and you're going to catch their attention on, you know, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever it is, right? Those kids are not watching TV. They're not, you know, it's a different approach. So I think using video and all these pieces of technology, which is literally just sweat equity and putting it out there because it's really cheap. Some of it's free to put out, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and so, I think there's just a huge opportunity there, especially in commercial real estate. Nobody's doing it. Because, yeah, nobody's doing it. Literally, all, nobody. I mean, Monty, cold calls are nobody. still great. We're, we're <laughs> never gonna, we can never stop cold calling because we're going to get old people that way. But, I mean, there's a lot of new things you can do that our industry isn't doing and taking advantage of, which is we're going to capitalize on over the next you know one to five years for sure yeah cool awesome well, thanks well carson for thanks for coming yeah. in nice chatting good to know your stories and, yeah your um, story is amazing i mean yeah. i think it's like super motivating and inspiring for people who want to be in the business and also for your clients to know how hard you freaking work to get here so yeah yeah we're not yeah. stopping so we'll yeah. keep doing deals together for sure awesome. cool all right brother thanks okay. awesome thank you this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com.